0: seeking for the help of the Lord I direct your prayer for attention to Romans chapter 9 and verse 23 verse 23 and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory Romans 9 verse 23, specifically the words vessels of mercy. Continuing a series on the theme, the illustration of vessels in the word of God. And this evening it is to consider the people of God, men, women, children, that are described as vessels of mercy, those that hold in their earthen tabernacle, in their mortal body, they hold the treasure of mercy. They have received mercy, received mercy, saving mercy from God. And in turn, they themselves show mercy and show the reality of their receiving of it by showing it to their fellow mortals. Now the Apostle Paul here begins the chapter with expressing a heaviness and sorrow of heart concerning the Israelites, those of his own kinsmen according to the flesh. And he makes the point that there are many of them that were not saved. Many of them, they perished. Many of them were not believers. They proved to be reprobate. They proved to be cast away. And in this setting he sets forth the mercy of God. We would remember of how it is set forth in the Gospel according to John, the opening chapter there, that those that are born or born again of the Spirit to be sons of God are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, that is God's will. So just because, and this is what the Apostle says here, just because they are of the seed of Abraham, remember the children of Israel, they descended from Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Jacob's 12 tribes were the 12 tribes of Israel. But not all of them, not all of that line of that family were saved and he uses the illustration first with Abraham because Abraham had a promised seed and that was to be Isaac he was born a miraculous birth by Sarah in her old age and Abraham too Abraham and Sarah had tried to have a child as it were with a surrogate uh, with Hagar and they had Ishmael and uh, Ishmael was blessed and and favoured in this life, yet it wasn't through him that Christ should come. It was through uh, Isaac. And then we have even closer when it comes to uh, Isaac's children. Isaac had and Rebecca. They had twins, uh, Jacob and Esau. And the promise was Jacob. Have I loved and Esau have I hated. And the apostle is pointing out of God's sovereignty in that he can choose one and not another. And really, the background of this is to realise that every one of us, every one on this world, all the descendants of Adam, we are all deserving of eternal death. We are under the sentence of death. We, we do not deserve anything at God's hand. If God did not instigate a way that any could be saved, none would be saved at all. All would be condemned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And this point must be, must be made that the way of life, the way of salvation that God has ordained, he sovereignly can choose to whom that life is given and to whom it is not. And you might say that if everyone were saved, then where would be the thought that there would be a hell, that there would be uh, a division in mankind, there would be a complacency, and solemnly it is so in some uh, denominations today. They will openly say, well, Christ has died, he's put away sin, so what's the trouble? Everyone is going to heaven. And it results in a life where there is no fearing of God, there's no seeking him, no walking by faith, There is no attendance at the means of grace, no delight in his word, in meeting his people, but just fulfilling all of the desires of the flesh and of the world, just with the thought, well, sin is put away, we can do what we like, we'll get to heaven at last. But God's people are brought to realise that we are under the sentence of death, and what we need is a personal faith to be personally chosen, personally blessed and personally prepared for glory, for heaven, for an eternal dwelling with the Lord. And this is what then is uh, set before us here, that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had aforeprepared prepared unto glory there is a glory there is a heaven there is eternal life and God has chosen a number to that and while they are on this earth he prepares them for that glory prepares them for that place that he has prepared for them it has been said that those that are saved are a prepared people for a prepared place, whereas those that are lost and those that will go to hell, they are an unprepared people for a prepared place. And this is what is set before us here the vessels of mercy, they are known. They are known by God's pre- preparing them for working in their hearts and in their lives. And uh, the way he prepares them is actually set forth in this verse as well, that he is making known to them the riches of his glory, and he is making known these riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy. If you and I are to know that we are, are a vessel of mercy, then this text it gives us the token of it. It gives us the evidence not only of being a vessel of mercy but also of being prepared for heaven, prepared for glory. And our text it is set against a contrast, the previous verse, where we have other vessels these are not vessels of mercy. These are vessels of wrath. And they are fitted to destruction. And what God says concerning them through Paul is that he endures with much long suffering on them. He lets them go. He allows them to have health and strength and riches and all of this world's goods. And they go on without a care just going on fulfilling up the desires of the mind and the lust of the heart and uh, the what is known of God in them is how long-suffering he is. He doesn't suddenly cut them off in wrath. May we ever remember this because we read that because a sentence is not executed against an evil work the heart of man is fully set in him to do evil. And we know that with with a child or really any that are doing wrong, if a child is doing wrong and he gets away with it, then you do more and you do it again and again and keep doing it. And we have this. Men are thinking, well, we can walk in these ways. We know it's contrary to the word of God, but we'll keep doing it because God hasn't done anything He hasn't cut us off, he hasn't made us ill, he hasn't judged us. Uh, They don't realise that there is a judgement to come and that they are just being allowed and permitted to go on and on in a way totally contrary, opposite, alienated from God until that last solemn judgement day after death. May we never just think, because God doesn't strike us down, that, well, we must be doing things right or we won't be judged at the last day. Our actions and our lives should be governed by the word of God and we should discern from that what we shall have to give an account of at the last day. All must stand before God's judgment throne. But here we have then vessels of mercy. And I want to then divide the subject this evening into three points. Firstly, vessels of mercy being prepared for glory. The very fact that they are being prepared for Glory. The second is the evidence of preparation, what actually is being done, that evidence is that this actually is preparation. The third thing is that vessels of mercy, they show mercy. that firstly, vessels of mercy being prepared for glory. May we be very clear that there is a world to come. There is life after death. Heaven is a real place. Hell is a real place, not just a frame of mind when we die. Not just an imagination, but a very real place. And that in that glory, that there shall be nothing that enters in there that offends, that loves, that makes a lie. And without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And in glory, we shall see the Lord. Paul says that... We shall be known even as we are known. God knows us now, but we do not know him. He sees us, yet we do not see him. You might think of an illustration where there is a one-way glass. You can look through it. Often they use this for interviewing techniques. If someone is being interviewed because of a crime or something, And they sit at a table and being interviewed and it seems like the wall is just a blank wall and one of the walls, but actually behind that wall, which is a glass, there are people observing, observing the body language, listening, without the person being interviewed knowing that they're actually being seen. And we would be mindful that is how it is with us. We cannot see God, but God sees us. And he hears us. He observes not only outward things, but our thoughts. And not only our thoughts, but the intents of our minds. And those things that here are hidden from us, in heaven we are told We shall see, we shall know. There won't be a veil between. There won't be that separation. There is then a place that how we are born, we cannot possibly come there. We are sinful. We go forth from the womb speaking lies. We are unclean. Our lives are lives of unrighteousness. We have been banished, as Adam was, from the Garden of Eden, from the presence of the Lord, and we are not in a fit state at all to enter into heaven how we are born. We need a preparation. We need something done in us and to make us to be ready to enter into glory. We are... Mindful of many things of which we need preparation here below. Uh, if one is to go into university, for instance, then their studies of the child in their secondary education, they've got to attain a certain grade before they can go into university. They can't just go straight into it and many jobs. They need training before they can go. Someone's going to be a carer in the community. They need to be trained. They need to be prepared for that before they go into it. And there's many things like that. We think of even a preparation of readiness of mind. We have aged people's homes but many that maybe would be much better off in those homes, they don't want to go. They're not prepared to go. In their minds, they're all right as they are. They don't need help. And by nature, we're just like that. We, we, we are just all right, we say, of our own. We don't need any preparing. We don't need help. Uh, and, and yet... A soul in that condition does need help, does need preparing. And so we are used to many things in life where we cannot just go straight into it. If you're going to be a sportsman, if you're going to excel in that way, many, many hours of training to build up the muscles first in preparation. If you're going to be a bandsman those who have played in the recent funeral of our late queen. They didn't just go straight and grab an instrument and onto the uh, into the procession they had many, many hours of learning and training and to think that it would be any otherwise to be prepared for heaven when it is so evident we are unprepared to walk with God. We are alienated from God. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We come forth from the womb speaking lies. And so when we think of our nature, we think of the fall, we think of how corrupt and unlike God we are. We need a preparation, a preparation For glory. It's a solemn thing to uh, go through this life and just go straight to death with no thought of God, no mindfulness of our sins, nothing that answers to the description in the Word of God of being prepared. Our text says that He might make known the riches of His glory on the vessels of mercy. Which he had afore prepared unto glory. So those that are men, women, children, described of vessels that have to be put into those vessels, the riches of God's glory makes known to them, they are those that are going to glory, they are those that are being prepared and it is all mercy the title this evening and the description of the people of god are vessels of mercy and may we remind ourselves that mercy can never ever be earned it's like grace in one way grace grace can uh, is totally opposed to works the original describes grace as being pure, pure mercy, pure grace of God, not in any way mixed with works. A mercy is like that. If mercy could be deserved, then it would not be mercy. May we always remember that. And the mercy of the Bible is a mercy through blood, it's not just an indiscriminate mercy, but it's mercy through the precious blood of Christ. In other words, Christ pays the debt of these vessels of mercy. He pays their debt. He endures the wrath of God. He suffers in their place, and then he lets them go free. Then he shows mercy upon them. And that mercy that is shown is a very sovereign mercy. Very sovereign mercy. May everyone uh, that is prepared and is being prepared by God realize that what they are being shown and given is very, very sovereign of God. In verse 14 after the apostle has given the examples of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Esau, he then says, "Is there he asks the question, "Is there unrighteousness with God?" And he answers his question, "God forbid and he says, and he quotes what God said to Moses, "I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have." compassion and uh, so we have set forth in those verses through uh, down to uh, verse uh, 18 uh, therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy and whom he will he hardeneth this preparing work is a sovereign work of God, a work that God begins, he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ and it is through nothing in that person whatsoever why God chooses to do that for them and to to bless them with this preparing work. So I want to look then secondly at the evidence of preparation evidence of preparation and what I want to say first of all in this is that it is not so that that vessel of mercy thinks well my, I, I'm quite a good person I do charity works and I think good thoughts and I have a good life and I'm very sanctified and set apart for the Lord. And therefore, that's the preparation. No, the preparation is not becoming, in especially one's own eyes, to be holy and to be godly. In fact, where there is a preparation, we may say those that are prepared, of all people upon the earth, They feel their sins the most. They feel their need of mercy day by day. They realise that if God would mark their iniquities, their sins, then they could not stand. They are those that do really mourn over their sins. They're those that really feel their sinnership. So what is it then? What is it to be prepared? Well, the Apostle, in one way, he gives the answer in verse 24. He says, Even us whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. So immediately we know that those that are being prepared, we don't just look for the line of Abraham, don't look for any line the word of the gospel and God's preparing is unto every nation kindred and tongue what is it to be called well the apostle Paul himself is an example of this he was once thinking himself an upright, a godly man in great zeal He was persecuting the church, believing that they were wrongly, lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ, who he viewed as an imposter, and he hated Christ, and he persecuted his people. And we read of him, Paul, who was first Saul, and what his life was like as a man that was full of pride for his own good works, he couldn't see his own sin. And we are told in the word of God how he was changed, how he was called, how he was given the new birth, calling, new birth, conversion, they're all really same words describing the same thing, giving eternal life. The Lord Jesus Christ says, I give unto them eternal life. And that is what is the very first thing that these vessels of mercy in their preparation have. They are given life, eternal life here below. In other words, they are given spiritual eyes, spiritual ears. They are given an appetite that they didn't have before they are drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ. They are given a teachable spirit. They are given a submissive spirit to God and to his word and to his people. They are humbled. Their pride is brought down and humbled in the dust. And Paul is an example of that. And he often refers to himself that he found mercy and if he found mercy then there is hope for any because of how evil he was and because of what his life was like. His life was a witness of preparation making a real change. Repentance was given him, a real change of life. Repentance toward God, sorrow for his past life and a turning from that past life to the Lord Jesus Christ to walk according to the word of God. The apostle says, be ye followers of me as I also am of Christ. A prepared vessel, a person that is prepared will be following not their own evil heart, not the world, not man, but following Christ, there be of those that seek to follow Him here below, and to be with Him hereafter. The Thessalonians, when the word of God came to them, that word was blessed to them. They received it as the word of God. That is an evidence or preparation that we receive the word of God, we receive the Bible as the word of God. I solemnly today, there are many even professed Christians that do not receive from Genesis to Revelation as the holy, inerrant, infallible word of God. They would say of this chapter, well, Paul wrote it, that's Paul, God says something different. No, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, not just some, and that is vital. It's the most solemn thing. You know, our Lord, in his day, he said to the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders of his day, those that stood at the corners of the streets, praying openly, testifying to everyone that they were godly people, the Lord said to them, that publicans, harlots, sinners, prostitutes, they would go into the kingdom of heaven before them. They were so far from God. Don't ever be deceived by thinking just because we are religious we will be saved or trusting in our religious works, our charity works. That is not the preparation for heaven. One mark of the preparation, the evidence of preparation is receiving mercy, seeking mercy and receiving it uh, as the publican did. The Lord spoke a parable of the publican and the Pharisee in the temple. The Pharisee was praying with himself, thanking God he was not like other men even like the publican or tax collector that was before him, and yet the publican beat upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Our Lord said that that man went down to his house justified, that is, free from condemnation, rather than the other. Because we have in our text that he might make known the riches of his glory On the vessels of mercy. Now, the riches of God's glory are these things. Mercy is one of the riches of God's glory. Calling is one of the riches of God's glory. It is those riches that belong to the Lord Jesus Christ that he bestows upon and makes known to his people. The love of God. We read in Jeremiah, I love thee with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. That is one of the riches of the glory of God, the everlasting love of God. Our Lord says, The Father himself loveth you, and we love him because he first loved us. At the end of Psalm 107, when we read of the very different changes in the psalmist's life and experience, whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of God. So one of these riches of glory, of his glory, that is made known on the vessel of mercy on his people, is the love of God, the love of God shed abroad in the heart by the Holy Ghost, the love of God that is bestowed upon them in all that he does for them, in his teaching, long-suffering, and in his mercy. Love is inscribed upon it all, the everlasting love of God, and that is made known on the vessels of mercy, If you and I are to know we are a vessel of mercy, we will know something of the love of God. We know something of being called and turned and changed in our life. We know something of the value of mercy, which, if we are to value mercy, we will view our own works as not being worth anything before God's bar and yet wondered how it could be that God could show mercy and yet be righteous and holy and just. And the Holy Spirit will lead and teach us the reason why God can show mercy is because of Calvary, because of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, because of his death, because of his sufferings, because of what he endured. That is why he can show mercy, and that is made known on these vessels of mercy. They are shown why God can show mercy. Their prayer then will be, like the hymn writer, mercy through blood. I make my plea, God be merciful to me. They will also know the glory of God's power. We have it here. The power God had in choosing some and rejecting others. The power over Pharaoh in verse 17. God's power in creation. God's power in that which was done at Calvary. The earth quaking as our Lord yielded up his breath. The power of God in raising him from the dead and raising him to his throne in glory. And we'll know that we need that power of God. The apostles, they were bidden to go and preach to the whole world, but then they were told to tarry or wait at Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. And those vessels of mercy, they will know something of the power of God. One of our hymns says, My heart will move at thy command. Many of us, we feel how hard our hearts are, how unmovable, how cold, how unaffected by judgments or mercies. But when we have the power of God, then the heart melts and softens and is brought down. And that's what we need. We need it in the ministry, need it in our souls the power of God. You think of that last great day, the end of the world when the dead in Christ shall be raised first, and the Lord shall work that power and work and wonder that all the dust of all that have ever lived shall be raised up again and given a celestial body, either for eternal life or eternally dying. What power is that? often think of it in the springtime when winter has left all our trees so dry and barren and sticks and then it comes to spring and you can't hear anything you can't even notice it happening and yet slowly all the trees they become green the shoots they spring forth how many times have we gone along? A pavement that has got tarmac on it, and there, some of the stones and tarmac has been pushed up, and what's underneath it just looks like a little plant growing, a little weed growing, and yet it's got power to lift those stones and that tar. And you think, what power has God put in His creation, even? So silent, so quiet, and yet it doesn't. And God has that power. He has that power over men. He has it over nature. He has it in the stars and in the heavens. The powerful, almighty God. And the people of God know something of that power, moving them, softening them, giving them repentance, changing their hearts they'll know something also of the glory of God in holiness. God is holy. read in Peter's epistles, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Yet we feel our unholiness. And yet the Lord has a holiness to impart to his people that though perfection in this life we never will know, yet he does impart to us that which does sanctify us, set us apart, make us to desire those things that are pure, holy and the vain, vile, profane, filthy things of this life will be a grief and a sorrow to us and will be of those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, desiring what we are not but what we will be in glory hereafter. he says that he might make known on the make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy riches of wisdom riches of the glory of the god of salvation the crown that is on the head of the lord jesus christ is his name Shall, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And it will be in this life, sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but you are under grace. If you and I are vessels of mercy, there will be things made known to us. And it will be the riches of his glory. We see a glory in Christ that we did not see before. We see a glory in Christ that we will know many of our fellow mortals do not see. Their lives evidence it. Their mouths evidence it. They don't see any glory in the Lord. They take his name in vain. They tread him and treat him with contempt. And yet this people, these vessels of mercy, we read in the Psalms, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints, to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. And that doesn't come about just suddenly, it comes about because the riches of his glory are being made known to this people. That which was not known, they are shown and revealed these things of the things of God. Bless the Lord for all that he has made known to us of his glory. That which lifts him up in our esteem. That which magnifies him in our own eyesight. John Baptist said, he must increase, I must decrease. He says that the one that cometh, I'm not worthy to loose his shoes off his feet. He had such high views of his glory. When the Lord was in the ship and rose and rebuked the winds and the waves, The disciples they said what manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him and they were shown something of his glory something of his majesty and his power and instead of others which said well Jesus he's the son of Joseph the carpenter's son and they despised him but others they saw his glory They spake of his glory. It affected them, affected their lives. May we be a vessel prepared unto glory according to that which is described in the scriptures and in our text here, that God himself is making known the riches of his glory on us. And he's making it in such a way that he is preparing us before glory, before heaven, preparing us to go there and to be there. And it is this revelation of his glory that is being used to prepare us. And note in all ways, the crown is placed on his head The beauty is seen in Christ. The loveliness is in him and not in ourselves. Less in our own esteem. Christ more in our esteem. But our own works, our own ways, we are ashamed of them. And as we grow in grace in that way, Will grow less in our own esteem and Christ will grow more in our esteem. And that is the preparation that you and I want is Christ alone. That is the only name given among men whereby we must be saved. It is the only precious blood that is shed. It is the only way of salvation that is made known in the Scriptures. A solemn thing to spend our lives fighting against what God has revealed in his word because we don't agree with it and making out a different way of being saved that does not accord with what is in the word of God. Such will never stand at the last day and will never answer to a preparation for glory. Well, I want to notice thirdly, vessels of mercy showing mercy. Vessels of mercy showing mercy. Our Lord pronounced a blessing in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, and in verse 7, blessed, are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So he links together the mercy that is received and the mercy then that actually is given. If we go to the uh, Lord's Prayer, as recorded again in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 14, we read an explanation of what uh, is in verse 12. Verse 12, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And again, there's the linking together of our forgiveness and uh, us forgiving others. And this is clarified in verse 14. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And so the linking together of mercy received and mercy shown. And we have this also illustrated in the 18th chapter of Matthew, and verse twenty. Uh, and we read this of uh, a servant that was shown mercy and yet that same mercy same servant that was loosed from a great debt uh, he went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him an hundred pence and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying pay me that thou owest And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison, till he should pay the debt. And the Lord said to him, Though thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee. And then uh, he was dealt with for uh, what he done. And we have a summary at the end of that chapter. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. And James, he takes this up as well in his... Epistle and chapter 2, verse 13, he says, For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. And so in Luke, our Lord says, Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. One of the then other evidences when we're thinking of a prepared people is that these vessels of mercy do not only receive mercy, but they pour out mercy, that is, to their fellow creatures. And if we think of the illustration of a vessel, a a pot, a container, we put water in it, and if someone had given us water and we had someone that had nothing to drink, wouldn't we pour out of what we had received so that they could also drink? And uh, the Scriptures make this very clear as an evidence of being a vessel of mercy. In a two-way thing, we were receiving. it. And we also give it and show it. And the scriptures make it very clear that it is those that value and seek mercy that receive mercy. Some have a wrong view of this and they think that, well, they must show mercy on their fellow creatures and mortals uh, and those are not seeking mercy. In fact, they're they're saying that we deserve that you should uh, forgive us or that you should just uh, turn a blind eye to all that we've done because we haven't done anything. And uh, they're not asking for mercy. They're not wanting mercy. And this applies to us. If we're seeking from the Lord mercy, then we'll ask for it, like the publican did. And if there are those that are asking for mercy, and they have injured us, they have done wrong, but they acknowledge it, they feel it, they can't repay it, but they just, they ask for mercy, that is when it is rightly shown and given. May we be consistent in the receiving of it and in the giving of it. Vessels of mercy. May we truly be such a person. May this describe us, the word of our text, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory. May the Lord add his blessing. Amen.